Today on the Homeboys Podcast, we are talking about interest rates, inflation, and is the sky actually falling? We're going to talk about why it's okay to sell some of your properties for equity gains, but also to be ready for the drop. Keep your emotions out of it. And then last, we're going to cover why you should hold on to your good quality assets to see you through the stormy times ahead. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the Homeboys. Everybody, you're kicking it with the homeboys on the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. We got a really exciting topic today. We are talking about interest rates, inflation, and is the sky falling? Oh no! I'm here with my buddy Scott Adams. What's up? Life is good. Today is a pretty interesting topic. We're going to talk about is it okay to sell some of your properties that you've built up that equity in them? You know, what to do to be ready for the drop that you and I think is coming and what to do with your good assets and should you be buying more right now? So some good stuff we're going to talk about today. You, uh, you said good assets and you kind of were slow on the assets. I thought you were taking this, this show to like an entirely different spot. PG, I'm like, Man, baby. this is a, this is a family show. What PG. We keep it PG yeah. on this show. <laughs> well, speaking of family, your your kids are back. They were on a vacation for a mm-hmm. while, so you guys are back together for the summer and chilling and hanging out. It's awesome. It's good. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything's good in my world. You and I got to spend a lot of time together last weekend, hanging around church. Yeah, man, it was cool. Yeah, kind of. We got a ministry that we're part of, and we uh, got to get involved in it. It was pretty sweet. It was good kicking. Uh, the asset for me, yeah, you know, it was yeah. it was good to 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 be in that world, and I kind of needed it. I know you kind of said the same thing, but uh, yeah, uh, something needed to get my asset moving. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> that's right. But yeah, it was cool. But uh, you know, it's hot here in Indianapolis. It's yep. about a hundred degrees outside. You know, our uh, our studio's hot in here. Like, I mean, dude, it's uh, it feels like. The sky may be falling. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? You know, it's a uh, it's hotter than the pits of hell in here. Yeah, you know, everyone's it's, it's it's crazy. Like when things happen in the real estate market or the economy in general, like how much it uh, creates the phone ringing in the office and yeah. you know people talking about it. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to to, to speak on. I think that social media has kind of made us a chicken little type society. Um, yeah. I think that my past experience has kind of made me a chicken little. Um, so, you know, sometimes I joke on here that I'm just an old fuddy-duddy fear monger, you know, on here. But it's funny. You know, I'm a, I, I, I do want to throw caution to real estate investors, but I'm pretty optimistic right now. I'm more optimistic than... You know, the general public saying, oh, my gosh, interest rates have went from two to five to six, and, you know, now I can't buy anything. And I'm kind of like, man, this is cool. It's uh, good. I I was telling our producer at lunch that I feel bad about how good I feel about things maybe cooling off a little, that I know that if they – they cool off a lot more, and there's there's a crash. I know that's going to hurt some people, and I hate that part of it. But at the same time, folks that are in our world can benefit greatly. You can make money in every type of market, including what we think is to come, 
and this cooling off we think was needed, it may hurt the average American as far as their ability to buy more house than they already should, in our opinion, anyway. But for investors, this shouldn't be scary right now. You know, it's the opposite for yeah. me. Well, for, for some investors, we don't mind them selling now and making those equity gains. I don't blame them. Selling a few, let me be clear there. The last thing you want to do is sell off all your great cash flowing assets right now, just trying to ring the register for a lot of reasons that we'll cover today. But first of all, you'll need them to see, see you through those tough periods. You want good cash flowing assets during times of uncertainty. So as, show. as greedy as you want to be, and we support ring the register once in a while, don't sell them all. I mean, be very selective very selective because you want these cash flowing assets through this period. In fact, not only do you want them, but we're going to talk about why you're going to want more of them as prices drop. It's an, it's, we think an opportunity is coming. Well, I, you know, we, we, we believe in long-term um, holding of real estate. Right. You know, I think of the Seinfeld clip with the, with the uh, reservations. The car. Anybody can just take them. Anybody can just sell their property. You know, it's yeah. the holding. It's the holding that matters. It's the most it's important. The holding it's, that matters. It's the most important part. Anybody can just take them. I hear you. I get it. We get it. I don't think you do. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I don't think you do. Because if you did, I'd have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, you know, I I think that it's easy for for people to to listen to the news or social media and be persuaded by what they're seeing and what they're hearing, you know, 5% interest rate does not, is not that bad. It's, it never should have been at two. It never should have been at two. You know, and then people get to thinking, well, that's normal. That ain't normal. You know, so, you know, we just talked about it on an episode of more on real estate that we did where these people that, uh, you know, that bought, uh, there was a clip that, or someone bought, you know, a property at 800,000 at 2%. You know, and my argument is those people that are in at 800,000 at 2%, you know, got in at the very tip top of the market and they're going to be in with a 2% mortgage on a house that is worth 550. Right. You know, so what's, what's the difference that you buy a house at 550 and you've got a 5%, you know, interest rate, or, you know, you, you pick which one is, is better, Better or worse, but there's this there's this balance that interest rates you know low overpay you know interest rates high you know get value. I mean there's there is a there's this fine line, and you've got to basically to sum it all up. If there's opportunity within your parameters that you set as a real estate investor, now is always the time. You know whether you're in at a at a, at a two and a half percent interest rate, which probably not on investment property ever, um, you know, or a ten percent interest rate. It doesn't it doesn't matter. You have to be you have to be looking. You know, I yeah. think that we're going to get a lot of a lot of deals out of this. I'm excited that interest rates are growing up. It's going to take a lot of the owner occupants out of the market because they're saying, "Oh, I should have been in when there was two percent. Now I'm not going to do it. It's six percent. Great. Be that way. More for me and Scotty. You know, I I I'm excited that. We're going to have more opportunities to buy there because it's been challenging for, for us and very a lot of other investors. Yeah, so we have clients who we've been on a waiting list for a very long period with properties um, for clients that are waiting for us to provide enough properties. And so it's we hope that this changes things. And the way that an owner-occupant 
values a home versus the way investors do is significantly different. The interest rate is a direct correlation to how much house a, a homeowner can buy, and it matters a lot. For the investor, especially the cash investor, we look at it as a cold, hard, cash-flowing asset. I don't care what the interest rate is. A lot of people don't care what the interest rate is because it's either a good cash-flowing asset or it's not. And its value is just a number on a piece of paper because most of the time we are holding everything long-term and are enjoying those the, the positive cash flow. Now, a lot of our clients do buy getting a mortgage, and this will um, limit their cash flow just a touch um, as interest rates go up. However, you are still at 5% where these numbers work all the way to 8% and all the way up. And if you get scared by these interest rates, then you are going to miss what could be the greatest buying season of all. It's, it's, if you can take your emotion out of your investing, it is, it's so helpful. It's very hard to do. But when things are going bumpy and things are uncertain and interest rates are going up, that's when folks like Clint and I get aggressive. We start looking. We start getting ready. We build our coffers up. We make sure we have cash on hand to buy deals. We talk to our banks and we say, hey, if something really big comes along, we need you in our corner, not scared like everybody else. This is the time when Clint and I are ready to step up and be ready for deals. And that's what you should be doing too. And you should continue to buy good cash flowing assets through this period, even through the, a market drop, which we think there will be a bit of a market drop. We've been very wrong before, but that's just what we feel is coming. There's a lot of... Re- if you believe it for long enough, eventually... Yeah, it eventually <laughs> you'll eventually be right. But we, we feel like the, the market sector, especially that our clients are in, we have some larger deals that are outside of the, the norm, but... Our clients are mostly in what would be considered the first-time home buyer market. So most of our clients, we help them invest in single-family homes that are in the first-time home buyer type uh, neighborhoods. Uh, what are considered A neighborhoods, some people call them. Not that ghetto stuff, not cheap houses, but beginner houses for the first-time home buyer type price point. Well, there's not enough of those houses, even if the rates um, go up. There's going to be a lot of people that were looking at the four, five hundred thousand, that next level of house that can no longer afford it because the mortgage rates have gone up and now they have to buy down. We think there's going to be added pressure to that segment. So for all we know, there might not be a drop in that segment even while the rest of the world burns. There's some economists who are saying that. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know. My point is that just be ready to keep investing through this. This is not the time to sit on the sidelines. This is the time to gear up, put on your armor, toughen yourself up and be ready to, to slog through it. As Warren Buffett said, when there's blood in the streets, buy, 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 be ready to buy, buy, buy. There's not blood in the streets yet. I mean, we've seen, um, you know, the market come back, what, 15%. I'm just throwing that number out of thin air and I'm trying to do the, I saw for the, the year it's the, down like seventeen percent. I think closer to twenty. So it's, yeah, we're close to thirty on the Dow Jones. I think we were up closer to thirty six okay. at one time. So that would be close to twenty percent. Yeah, right at twenty percent. Um, Bitcoin's down what fifty percent, hundred percent, or something. I don't follow Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm not hip either. or cool. I think yeah. all, that's something all the cool kids do. My gold you and know, silver's down a little bit. It's Bitcoin and vape. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's bit. You guys want to go out on the back porch and Bitcoin and vape? Yeah, <laughs> Is that how you think the kids today talk? <laughs> something like that, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, if, so you don't Venmo people Bitcoin to pay for things or anything? No, I don't even really know what Venmo is. No. I know that my wife's paid a babysitter and you know by Venmo before, mm-hmm. but that's really you know all yep. I know. You know, it's funny. I still feel cool and hip, but I guess I'm not cool and hip. You know, I just uh, thought about the narrator's voice overhead going, and he's not. I know. It happens, man. Yeah. You know, it's just you. You, uh, you get up. You. <laughs> Walk down the street a few times and, you know, uh, rock and roll and cigarettes aren't cool anymore. Reminds me of that Batman quote, you know, you live long enough to become the bad guy. That's right. Luckily, we've lived long enough to no longer be cool. No country for old men. Yeah. (laughs) So true. But, uh, but no, when it comes to investing, you know, I, I, I'm, I proudly wear the old fuddy duddy hat. I'm cool with that. Right. That's fine. Um, I'm tired uh, this market has seen uh, a lot of uh, a lot of competition that I'm sick of. You know, for sure. I mean, both in investors that have no business being in our market, and uh, you know, we're in a constant fight with owner occupants. That's a battle. People like people like us are going to lose all the time. Right. I mean, so yeah, you're going to see owner. I think. The uh, the fewest uh, mortgage applications in however many years, yeah. you know, just you know, just that info just dropped. there's a cooling I mean, off. It's, uh, it's happening. And it, so, so what we're doing, point one is is it's okay to make an equity play on some of your assets. You want to hold on to your your core stuff, but we're we're in a way making a play, cash regi- ringing the register on some things. We're doing it a little differently than most people, but we have some stuff that's kind of oddball things. We own a lot of like. Uh, vacant lots and uh, VRBO properties and some weird stuff that just doesn't fit our core um, of Old what we do. Old office buildings. Old office buildings, mm-hmm. some other weird stuff. We're cleaning it all up. So that's what we're doing. We're cleaning it all up and we're going to be streamlined because we feel like uh, now's the time to do that. And we agree that it now is the time. If you wanted to make an equity play on your highest appreciating asset, you know, can't ring the register, fine. But just don't go selling off your core assets, because you don't know when you'll be able to buy in. Do we think that the market is going to go down? Yes, but are rates going to go up with it? Yeah, probably. And you'll end up with, if you want to add rentals, then you'll end up with a higher interest rate. Not a, You'll buy in for a little cheaper, but it'll be a wash, and you'll be right back where you are. And the only people that made money are the, the realtors who helped you and made commissions and the mortgage brokers and all of those things, and you're right back where you started. So hold on to those core assets. Don't let fear... Uh, make you wipe out your portfolio in fear of what's coming. In fact, the opposite. Be ready. Set yourself up. Get your books clean. Be ready to add more. Don't be scared of these interest rates. My first investment property loans were at 9%, and the numbers worked, and they they will continue to work, especially if there's a market pullback in pricing because rents have increased so much over the last you know, five years, but more specifically the last 12 to 24 months, they've really increased. And I haven't, I've never seen anything like it in our market. I mean, never even close. And I've yet to see an economist say that they expect those to go down at all through this. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's the opposite of, of all of the things they don't expect to drop are gas prices, rents, and you know, those kinds of things. So Oh, gas prices got to drop, don't they? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Gra- gas prices do. They have to. <laughs> I mean, you know. We'll- I drove uh, 
They don't have to. I we have, we have, have a to. lot of compact size trucks here at the office, and I had to drive one the other day, um, hauling some more trash out of yeah. my house. You know, but it cost a hundred dollars for that little compact truck, right. To fill it up, it's crazy. I know. You know, yeah, we've got a fleet of vehicles. You know, through our property management company, our maintenance companies, and and all of these others. I would love. Do you know what? Do you see our gas bill? I've never seen it. It was twelve thousand less month. Twelve thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And what it what was it a year ago? Half that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gonna start hurting people, man. And we've added. We we've added. We have more people now, but yeah, it's 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 more than doubled. So we spend. You and I spend twelve thousand dollars a month on gas. That's our gasoline bill every month. Gasoline bill. God, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Just for the gas and cars. That does make you feel like the sky is falling. Right. You know. Right. You know, it's weird because, like, I'll be honest. Like, I've never paid attention to gas prices and people, like, you know, I, I go back to thinking, like, whenever I was a kid, you, you knew my dad, you know, too. Like, like oh, we can't stop it. can't stop here and get gas. You know, gas is a dollar fifty four. <laughs> we ain't paying that, you know. Yeah. And so, but then we 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 drive and almost run out of gas and risk life and limb to get it for a buck forty nine or right. You know, like I'd never paid attention to gas prices. I I need gas. I just pull in and I get it. You know, I I get yeah. the points at at Speedway. You know, we get the points at Speedway. So I, I don't. I don't care if Speedway's two dollars more. That's where I stop. Yeah, I always but, feel guilty but now, because. But now I'm looking. You yeah, know? I feel guilty because I'm always the last to know that gas prices have gone up because I literally don't even look. I just fill the car. Well, it's it because you it. live in a little bubble that's about right. four miles big, and <laughs> you don't true. go outside of that's it. That's true. So it's like that's totally true. different. You know, yeah. in the real world, where other people drive have to drive more places than four or five miles, <laughs> you know, we think about it. Well, when I fill more. up once a year. Yes. Right. <laughs> It's funny because Scott and I, we, we had the exact same um, car, GMC Yukon, and um, I think you, you have like, what, 25,000 miles? It's now up to 40. And when he says we have the exact same car, he means we went to the dealership and said, do you have two matching Yukon Denali's that are black? And he, he said yes and said, okay, we'll take those two. These aren't, we just didn't happen to have very similar cars. We went there and bought oh, them the, the exact, same day. exact same thing. Yeah. But... Um, I just had to get rid of mine. Right. Um, you know, and I had like 110,000 miles right. on it, and you have 40. F- 40, I think. And of those 40,000 miles, I think 10,000 are yours. Because because we switched we, it one time because yeah. I was beating you on, on mileage. Right. And we switched it up. It's crazy. You do right. live in a bubble, man. You got to, mm-hmm. there's a whole world out there. Oh, I don't need that. It's, you know, Why would I need that? Can, have you seen my house? Discover. Have you seen my yard? I have. You got a killer yard. I'm not going anywhere. But you know, like I, I mean, there's, I mean, there's other restaurants outside of four miles outside your house. No, you know, I don't think so. I haven't seen them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's I'll like, take your word for it's it. It's like your own version of like the Truman Show. It is. When <laughs> I know? walk into a restaurant, I was telling our producer who I went to lunch with today. I said, "I will be shocked if no one says hello to me when I walk into a restaurant." It's not because I think I'm like Mister Big Time. It's because I go to the same places over Correct. and over and have for 45 years. Yeah. I'm not going to knock you too much. Some people smoke crack. Right. You know, you just don't get outside of your bubble. I don't. It's all good. You know, hey, I'm moving good. to your hometown when I retire, so I don't know why you're why you're making fun of me because you get it. You understand that part. I do. That's true. I'm moving to Rockport. I, I'm moving to Rockport, true. Indiana, and I'm going to live there with where everybody knows each other's name, and it's the way we're supposed to live, and people are kind to each other. We did a podcast there last week. We did. You know, make sure you, make sure you check it out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, going back, going back to – 
to our, our topic in our discuss, discussion, I do believe that, you know, the sky is falling in, in you know, certain areas. Like, the, you know, the gas prices, um, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we're in the market for bunk beds at our house for our girls. And they said it was like six months to get the bunk bed. You know, and I was like, well, by the time the bunk bed gets in, my kids aren't going to want bunk beds anymore. It's, uh, it's, it's bananas. The world, the world is crazy. However, you know, when it comes to this interest rates and, um, you know, all this other stuff, I'm pretty stoked about it. Like I said, it's, uh, yeah. I'm tired of competing with all these people and I'm, I'm ready to, to, for these deals to, to kind of kick in. Um, we live in a very, Payment-driven society, and I think this is very important to touch on. Um, homeowners don't necessarily look at value, or you know what uh, what their what their debt is to future value. You know they're looking at a payment. That's it. You know they're they're looking at I'm able to get in at a you know one million dollar house. Uh, with a two percent rate, and this is my payment. Yeah, they work you know? backwards, and then it's the same with cars. You say, okay, I can afford six hundred dollars a month, so how much house can I afford? And they go to a mortgage broker, and they say that, and the mortgage mortgage broker says, no, you can not only afford six hundred dollars a month, but you actually can afford seven hundred dollars a month, and they extrapolate that out to house, and that's how people pick the value of the home that they should be in. We think that's a disgusting, gross bad system that creates people who are always on the edge of failure and always under stress and have more debt than they should. We believe more in the way that our grandfathers did it, which is when they needed a new car, they saved up for 11 years until they had enough to go to the dealership and buy the car. There's nothing wrong with living that way. It's, it's gone. However, when real estate, when these interest rates go up, it's going to affect the owner-occupant market significantly. We know that it's this isn't. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the trends, to look at history, and know what it's going to do to it. But investment, investment real estate, when rates go up, it doesn't necessarily kill it. You know, we are way under the window. Investment real estate is based on cash flow. It's at its core. That's what it is. It's a cap rate, and cap rates when you calculate them. There is no interest rate involved in the cap rate calculation. It's just, it's not how investment real estate works. So it doesn't affect investment real estate as much. It affects it a little. Don't get me wrong. A lot of investors use leverage in order to buy and it. You know, the, the power of their leverage just became less as the interest rates goes up. However, at its core, investment real estate isn't as driven by the wind of, an, of interest rates as the rest. And it shouldn't be because at the end of the day, we're looking at cash flow. And if the cash flow numbers work, if you're a long-term cash flow investor, which is if you're listening to our show, then you already are. We know that's what you believe in just like we do. Any conservative real estate investor believes in cash flowing assets. It's just the way to go for that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you're looking at. And you should just be ready to ride this out. And as everybody else runs around with their hair on fire saying the sky is falling, you just sit back and enjoy those cash flow as it comes in like we do. We've been through this before. Let's be honest. Clint and I have been through this before. We've adapted before. We were, we were both in real estate. I got into real estate in 1998. That's before the 2008 bubble. So we've seen ups and downs beyond just that one. There was, before that, there was, there was some blips. After that, there's been ups, false starts. We've seen a lot of this. What's changed in my philosophy? 
As far as cash flowing investments, absolutely nothing. I don't care what year it was. I would still say the same thing. If if it's a good asset in a good neighborhood and the cash flow numbers work now, then it works. It's as simple as that. You don't have to complicate it and say, well, it might be worth less in a few years. I don't care what it's worth in a few years. Don't get me wrong. I don't want my properties to lose value. But at the same time, I'm all about buying cash flowing assets in good areas and damn the rest. You know, when I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, you know, um, thinking about these interest rates and, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think like what area is going to have the most opportunity. You know, when you and I first got into real estate, you know, 20 years ago, I remember there being like 20 houses for the year in the Metropolitan Indianapolis Board of Realtors that sold for a million dollars or more. Mm -hmm. Like 20 for the year. You know, and now, I mean, we could find out pretty quickly. I mean, it would be, you know, a hundred times that, you know, it's, uh, you know, or, or 50 times that, you know, it's, it's a bunch. So I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, that's kind of a a good benchmark to go off of the $1 million. And in in our market, that's a luxury home. You know, that's a luxury home in our market, you know, for all of our clients and listeners out in uh, California, you know, the Bay area, $1 million is a starter home. It's hard to imagine. (laughs) Or a vacant lot. But so just think about that. Like, all the one million plus homes, dollar homes that have sold in our market. Think of what the difference is on the interest rate, though, and what opportunities this could provide. So the difference—it's easy math—between two and five percent is thirty thousand dollars of interest a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just think of that. I mean, you're talking some serious, you know, serious money. Mm-hmm. You know, the um, twenty-five hundred-ish dollars a month. Payment, suppose we live in a very payment-driven society, difference. You know, what is a people that are able to afford a million dollars, you know, what's what do you, this is a guess, what what do you think the average household income is for people in Indianapolis that could afford? Oh, I think it's way lower than it should be. But I think, you know, I think it's 200. 200? Yeah. Okay. Which is, I think it should be, I think you... It, you need to make four hundred thousand dollars a year minimum if you're looking at a million. Okay, well, say it, say it is two hundred. That's just me. I think it, you know that's probably relatively accurate. Yeah. I would say, you know, two hundred. You're going to pay, you know, taxes on it. You're down to you know one twenty. Right. You know, you subtract out, um, you know, your other living expenses, um, anything else that you have, you know, the kid, you know, expenses that your kids have for schooling, right. you know, whatever, you know, when you look at twenty five hundred dollars, you know, a month difference. I mean. There's going to be so many fewer people that can afford, you know, this higher price, you know, real estate. And I, I'm talking about our market. Right. Well, let me let and me I pause that, you there. I think that, you know, $500 plus thousand homes in Indianapolis, there's going to be a lot of buying opportunity. Well, let me pause you there and, and throw this scenario in there, too, which is a lot of the people who did buy those that are making $200,000 a year and bought million-dollar homes because they can afford the payment are on five-year arms, adjustable rate mortgages. And at the end of five years coming up, as their mortgage adjusts from 2% to 6%, mm-hmm. they are going to immediately have to sell the house. And if the market is cooled by then, which it probably will have, they will be foreclosed on. And that is how the cycle starts. That is how the cycle of foreclosures starts. I mean, that's not even a, a chicken little 
you know, if uh, Armageddon type scenario. No, I mean, that is what's that's going just, to that's, happen. That's, that is something that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and you run, you just think of those numbers, like, and there's going to be a lot of buying opportunities that people have to forget about interest rates. A lot of the people that have bought in at this low interest rates are going to be the people that are going, going to struggle. There's going to be buying opportunities out there at 5 6%. Yep. It's going to be there. You know, whenever you take, whenever you have these million-dollar properties and your, your pool of buyers goes from this to this, you know, values have one place to go. Mm-hmm. One place to go. Your it's number also of buyers goes from, it's Econ 101. Right. Your, your number of buyers goes from this to this. At the same time, your payment quadruples. Correct. You know, very interesting. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, I know we're on this sh- podcast, you know, preaching our real estate advice and, you know, what, you know, our experiences, but this has been worthwhile to me just to sit here and think through these scenarios since we've been talking. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of opportunity. There the is. sky is not falling. Yeah. People need to lace up their shoes and get ready to get in the game. Correct. Sell off some asset if you some some of your good assets that have equity gains. If you wanted to be cash rich during this and be ready for what's coming, Clint and I have done that a little bit with some of our stuff. We are holding on to our core assets. We are not looking to shrink down the number of properties we own. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. We are poised to take advantage and buy as the market drops. And we're going to just continue to look for good cash flowing assets like we always do. And as they come along, we're going to buy them and we're going to pass them on to our clients who are looking for them too. And that's what the smart investor should be doing. So get ready to buckle in your seatbelt, put on your brave boy pants and come dive into the deep end with us because it's about to get fun over these next few years. The sky is not falling. I love it, man. It's time to get in the game. Yep. I'm excited. We're fear mongers on here all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, but... As people are saying the sky is falling, do you see our optimism changing? You know, when you're not going with the norm, a lot of time you're in the right spot. He said it many times. Warren Buffett said, when there's blood in the streets, bye, bye, bye. Look for the blood. There's opportunities out there. Hey, keep listening to the homeboys. We love doing this. Check us out at our website, homeboyspodcast.com. Everything's there, baby. Success is achievable. Till next time, happy investing.